Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. It's Dan Richardson, the development producer of Terabytes, a new five-part documentary series about the evolution of evolution of horror gaming from the makers of In Search of Darkness. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hello. Very glad to be here. Hello, and welcome back. If you listen to bonus episodes, uh, just i think it was december early december yeah yeah it was uh i think i yeah. think it was like just towards the end of the year mm. we had a we had dan on the show and for a bonus episode to talk all about terabytes and of course we're getting closer and closer now until uh so it's a campaign the campaign launches in eight days is that correct yeah yeah february 8th we'll go into the pre-sales campaign we're gonna have a new trailer we're gonna have merch announcements we're gonna have a big cast announcement we're gonna Give the couple more goodies included with the, the any terabytes pre-sale purchase that I can't speak about just yet. That's going to be something we'll reveal in a bit. Um, but yeah, it's real exciting, real nerve-wracking. It's always a, a, a scary time before the pre-sales go up. But the feedback we've had so far in terms of like people really responding to it and from the uh, cast members we've, we've, we've got on board is um really positive like everybody's really excited to be a part of it everybody's really excited to see what we put together everybody's really excited to see who's in it um it's just it's it's all coming together very nicely hopefully all the stars are going to align and we're just going to have this amazing campaign amazing looking forward to it very very excited uh everything that's posted on social media is always extremely exciting i like some of the games that are mentioned some su- some super deep cuts as well sometimes yeah, uh, yeah, we're trying to appreciate when we come to the the series, we want to give a, a real like broad sense of scale with all of this stuff. So we'll obviously be hitting the uh, the key players, you know, your Silent Hills and your Resident Evils, but we don't want to focus just on them. We have like entire episodes dedicated to the FMV interactive movie movement oh, of wow. the 90s. So we're going to talk about like Phantasmagoria <laughs> and Seventh Guest and stuff. But then also even within the survival horror episode, we're going to be looking at some like weird off the wall titles and some really deep cuts. Amazing. Amazing. Talking to Silent Hill, I think it's 25 years since Silent Hill was released uh, in the US. 
today. Uh, it's February. Great. It's it's a common misconception, actually. So oh, um, no, maybe who's... I'm the one who's wrong. Maybe I'm the one who's wrong, but I will no. I double check this. So <laughs> if you Google Silent Hill release date, the uh, first result will say January 31st. But what I believe happened, and this might be complete conjecture on my part, so oh. feel free to correct us if I'm wrong. Um, but what I believe <laughs> happened is that somebody did an article at one point on what they believed was Silent Hill's anniversary, referenced it as being January 31st, oh. and then that kind of became the, the consensus. Uh, but actually, I'm sure it was February, I want to say 23rd. So we oh, might wow. be so it's a quite little a lo- bit off. Quite a long way off, didn't it? Luckily, mm-hmm. luckily, Dan, I didn't share the post that I saw. Uh, so I'm completely void of all. So, so you, you can be like, oh, I totally knew it was. I totally, I totally knew, knew it was that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've seen that happen more than once, though. I've seen like kind of these. It's, it's weird how the internet works sometimes with these misconceptions, isn't it? I but, do yeah. believe it is Final Fantasy VII's 27th anniversary, though. Although, then again, you know, there's lots of misinformation with this stuff. It's really wild. Um, do you know we don't actually <laughs> know at all when the Super Mario Brothers game, the original Super Mario Brothers, was actually released? That's just a little. Wild oh, facts. Wow. That we've just lost that bit of history. Nobody knows when it was actually released. No one remembers. Every everyone who was involved is, is yeah. We remember just, the year. Oh, I don't know. But we don't. We don't have confirmed date. Maybe we do now. This was like something I read like years back. But there was a period, at least, where we did not know where probably the most important game of all time yeah. uh, when it came out. Wow, that is super interesting. I mean, I'm always sharing the uh, the anniversary of games uh, on my social media. I'm going to just wait for only the big numbers from now on, though, because mm-hmm. I've been sharing things like, it's the 23rd anniversary of this game and the 26th anniversary of this one. It's like, it's pretty exhausting, to be fair. Yeah. Especially games with like, they've got loads and loads of installments like in their franchise. So, mm. uh, exciting, though. Exciting. So, in terms of terabytes, have you got any information? at this point that you can share with us that perhaps uh, yeah. nobody uh, else out there knows? No, yes. they, you, you are genuinely you are genuinely the first person outside of my team to be hearing this. And uh, presumably your listeners will also be uh, hearing this for the first time. Um, wow. They'll be the next people to hear this for the first time outside of my team. Uh, but yeah, we have some really, really exciting uh, cast members attached. I will reveal not all of them, but I'll, I'll give you a smattering, a nice little bit of sort of a pick and mix of different um, areas and different topics uh, to be covered. Oh, yes. uh, but we have Matthew Corte and Dave Richard, the two co-creators of Dead by Daylight, going to come in and talk about asymmetrical horror. Oh, um, wow. In the That's indie cool. indie scene, we have quite a few names. I'll give you that we are talking with uh, Dave Zamansky, who you might know as the creator of Iron Lung, which is currently being adapted into a movie by Mark Plyer as well as wow. the uh, Boomer Shoot at Dusk. Uh, we also have Adolf in the indie scene, uh, the creator of Faith, the Unholy Trinity, which you might know is that really like lo-fi, Atari-style horror game mm. with the rotoscope sequences. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, we've got some newer names that I'll not give too much away. Uh, I will tell you um, one of my personal, uh, personal favorites. Um, we have the... A man who I consider to be uh, a bit of a personal hero and also um, probably one of the most important composers in video games. He is somebody I consider on the level of Nobuo Uematsu or Koji Kondo, but we have series producer of Silent Hill and 
composer of Silent Hill, as well as many other horror games, uh, the absolutely legendary Akira Yamaoka is going to be talking. Wow. So, wow, wow, wow. Uh, but there's that... lots more names. I'll, I'll keep them oh. under wraps for now, but there's a big one to end you on. That's absolutely fantastic. That 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 is a big one. That is a big one. Um, wow. So, so exciting. And obviously today, today, one piece of news is that obviously the PlayStation State of Play is going live at 10 p.m. today. Mm-hmm. There are lots of Silent Hill 2 rumors. Rumors are going to get a release date or maybe some more footage. Uh, and Akira is involved, isn't he? Yes, with, yes, with, he is. There. He is still uh, at Konami, still producing. Um, yeah, he's he's actually yeah, interestingly, he's one of the original members of Team Silent who kind of did still stay on for a lot of the later titles. A lot of that team sort of went on other projects, but he's mm. been sort of kind of composing for the games at least for oh, wow, quite a bit after the initial Team Silent disbandment post Silent Hill Four. Um, plus he's, you know, he does a lot of work outside of, uh, Silent Hill, uh, especially in the yeah. horror genre. Um, he recently did a fantastic, fantastic indie title, um, called, uh, Decarnation. Um, I'd really recommend checking that out. Uh, unbelievably impressive, uh, pixel art visuals that really like, it's hard to do body horror. Well, it's mm. even harder to do body horror well in pixel art, but these guys pull it off and with a fantastic soundtrack as always by Akira himself. Amazing. One of my biggest regrets is that I didn't go and see Akira when he performed uh, live in the UK, I did a tour like probably like what, like 10 years ago now. Are you going to tell me? Yeah, you, you the, no, that? I was going to say, I, I also, I also missed, I was, a, I was a poor broke student at the time, but you, yeah. you'll, I think exactly there was an attempt. The same. There exactly was an attempt the same with me. To go. Um, I... I did fortunately get to go see the Legend of Zelda Symphony, and I've seen the Final Fantasy oh, Symphony. Wow. But I would, out of all of them, Silent Hill Symphony would have been the one that I would like to see. Yeah, I just didn't get get there. No, no. Well, hopefully, hopefully again, hopefully there'll be another opportunity. Facebook memories taunts me every time this comes around because I think I shared the post saying, oh. "Oh my god, I can't believe this! Can't wait to check this out!" And I honestly, I think it may have been something similar where I just couldn't afford it. So. Uh, yeah, devastating. But what a legend. What an absolute uh, legend. Um, so obviously today we're talking about um, House of the Dead. So mm-hmm. I can't remember how we get, we got around to talking about this. I think we mentioned that we'd done a few video game movies, horror movies before. We've done Silent Hill. We've done Resident Evil. We've done a lot of the other... Obviously, we've done we've done Alone in the Dark in the very early stage of this podcast. And we're returning to the director, Uwe Boll, with uh, today's movie house of the... yeah how do we get around to choosing house of the dead was it just one that we i think it was just because obviously you know i'm producing terabytes and obviously very yeah. horror films and we just kind of combine both worlds and like oh wouldn't it be fun if we did like a video game horror movie adaptation and i was like well <laughs> we can <laughs> but those things uh, aren't the best um we're starting to get a little bit uh uh, a little bit of goodness in these days you know the last of us was a pretty yeah. profound television but yes, yes, yes. Generally speaking, historically, we haven't been trapped well in this department. And uh, House of the Dead might be, if not the bottom of the barrel, I think the bottom bottom of the barrel is along the dock. It's it's pretty near, pretty mm. near the bottom of that barrel. But it's still a fun movie to look at. What is your relationship with the House of the Dead games? So, um, I uh, obviously like everybody and. Danan, because the, the it was so so synonymous with just like any place that showed entertainment. You know, obviously you had it in arcades, but you also had it in like cinemas or yeah. you know like 
soft play where they had the kids area and then for some reason there was a <laughs> hardcore yeah. horror game at the site um yeah I'm, I'm a big 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 fan of house of the dead especially the earlier titles i'm not as partial to um is it crimson what's it called crimson crimson something house of the dead four uh, uh i yeah, like yeah. i like i love house of the dead um one and two one especially i have a great fondness for uh because it's actually surprisingly rare that's not the reason i like it i think it's the better of the the two games but i always it always feels a bit more special because it's very difficult to kind of stumble upon um Mm -hmm. i know there's a there's a barcade uh by me what i was thrilled to go in and see that they had the original house of the dead one cabinet uh so much so that i sent a picture to my friend in america because they are obsessed with um House of the Dead 1 specifically. Um, but we never got a, a great accessible version of House of the Dead 1. Um, you know, they lost the source code to that game. So the only sort of home console version of House of the Dead 1 is the pretty iffy Sega Saturn version. It's not terrible, but it's it's nowhere near the arcade experience. But House of the Dead 2, you know, that machine was everywhere. And mm. uh, they... Uh, that's that's the reason that gets uh, ported uh, lots. So, you know, that when they released the House of the Dead collection on Nintendo yeah. Wii, that was two and three, but one was three, strangely absent. Yes, and it's because they lost the source code. And that's My memory why... of that is that it was one and two for some reason. No, I've no, it's two, it. it's two, two and three. three. Yep, two and three. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's because they lost <laughs> the, the source code to the original game, which is why uh, when they did re-release the game, it was House of the Dead remake that they remake it from the ground up. And I think the remake's good in places. It's not yeah. quite the same. It doesn't hit the same. Doesn't hit the scratch the same itch. Uh, I think the music in particular is is, is quite a step down. Um, but you know, I, I'm glad it exists. Uh, either way, uh, it was something that it was always a game franchise that I very much uh, loved. Uh, you know, instantly appeals like the light gun game zombies very gory very campy very very um explosively in your face especially in comparison to the other arcade machines kind of sat left and right of it it always appealed Mm. to me more um just because of the horror angle than the than its peers like time crisis and stuff you know i was much more interested in taking down zombies than like international spies and terrorists there was just something more satisfying about the level of of kind of gore that it was kind of comfortable to go to with zombie monsters and yeah. Frankenstein's and gargoyles and all that ridiculous stuff. Yeah, it was, a, it was a horror movie bonanza. <laughs> and uh, a little known fact, uh, George Romero, um, obviously the godfather of the, the modern zombie genre, um, he actually credits specifically House of the Dead and Resident Evil for keeping the zombie genre alive post sort of uh 90s and 2000s um so yeah it's it's a very it's not just a great game it's also mm. quite an important one yeah in terms of horror art and culture most definitely most definitely that's fa- that's fascinating actually and obviously george romero was linked to making a resident evil movie at one point at one well. point yeah he the closest we got is uh i don't know if you know this but he did make a trailer for resident evil 2 yes and it's I well do. worth watching it's very cool it's great fortunately it's only a couple of minutes but it's ah, it's still yeah. cool I think there is actually a documentary about the the sort of the George George Romero Resident Evil movie, which I think is not out, but I think it's 
we've got a trailer for it, and I've yes, a there is the a trailer involved in that. So I would like to to speak to them as well. But yeah, that's 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 fascinating, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think it was it was the game that I always sort of gravitated towards in terms of the shooters. Um, I think I had some like PC versions of. I mean, I'm mm. guessing one and Typing two. Typing of I the dead. Correctly. Typing of the dead was what I was going to mention as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Two and three in arcades, obviously three with the shotguns. That was great. So, I always remember it being so, so tough in comparison to the other sort of light gun shooters. Yeah, it was um, very, very difficult. But uh, you can get to a point, obviously, because, you know, it's out on a lot of these games are home console versions now. You can get to a point where you can, like, learn the patterns and then go to the arcade and basically dominate it on one coin. Uh, but if you're trying to learn those patterns in the arcade when yeah. you're sinking the money in, like you will lose a lot of dollar like before yeah, you yeah, get yeah. to a point where you can comfortably clear even so much as two levels. Mm. Um, and how about House of the Dead Overkill? Are you a fan of that? I love Overkill. I love the grindhouse yeah. feel. It has one of my yeah. favorite um, gags in a cutscene. It's so dumb, but it's so simple. Um, one of the characters slaps the other character and his sunglasses fly off and then it cuts back to the conversation and his sunglasses are still on and they've like purposefully put in that continuity error. Yeah, and I just yeah, thought yeah. that was great. Um, I love the like overuse of expletives throughout the whole um, runtime. I love the like seedy nature. Yeah, Overkill was a was a was a real good time. The Wii was very underrated for light gun shooters. You had that, you had Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles, Dark Side Chronicles, and Dead Space. Dead Space had a really great light gun shooter. Um yeah. and you just can't you just don't get that so much anymore because it's not really consoles aren't really made for like light gun shooters in mind. I know there's like there's VR, which you know it it, it it's good at what it does. It's it's a different experience in VR. Um and you know, the switch can do kind of like motion and, and yeah. It, yeah. you know, it runs House of the Dead remake. Okay. I guess. Um, but it's just, it's not, it's not the same. It, yeah. uh, it was a, it was a time when it was very accessible to just have a controller that you could point at the screen and shoot yeah. and had all those gun accessories come out for oh, the, Wii. the Wii Zapper. Yeah. Yeah. It was Wii great. Zapper, man. That was great. With uh, um, Link's crossbow training and stuff as well. Yeah. Oh my God. I did have that as well. Yeah. That was so, that was so much fun. It's it kind of controlling a light gun shooter or any shooter with a controller. Just, it never feels right. Does it? It feels incredibly. It's also clunky. hard. <laughs> it's too hard yeah. to do it that way. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, but yeah, when you now you mentioned the Dark Side Chronicles and Umbrella Chronicles as well, amazing to see like the world of Res- the, the Resident Evil games from a different perspective. Um, at the time, it was it was it was fascinating to just see that sort of unfold. Uh, they were tough as well. Mm, very games. tough games. Uh, yeah, and obviously that yeah, and then we did get a movie made on House of the Dead. Even though I guess is there really a House of the Dead? It's like Island of the Dead, isn't it? The original. Well, this this movie, I mean. That that's one way in which it is not at all similar to the games, but to list the ways that it is dissimilar to the games uh, would be pointless because it has almost nothing in common with the video games whatsoever. And like the, my and the God. games aren't aren't the most like highbrow. You know, the voice acting is pretty janky. The voice acting is pretty bad in comparison to even like the original Resident Evil. Like mm. it is very. Some of the translations as well are um are pretty hilarious. And yeah, story-wise, it's very, very B-movie. It's very silly. 
Um, it's actually and- very similar to Resident Evil story-wise with the whole, you know, evil man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Creating biological weapons. Like, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot... There's a lot similar there. I don't think one copied off the other because they were released very, very closely together. But it is interesting to see those parallels come into play as sort of parallel thinking kind of around the same time. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And we will, of, of course, get into get into the film. I, I actually did watch the sequel as well, so we can talk about that just a little bit. Uh, before we do that, um, let's just do a little bit of horror news. Obviously, I already mentioned PlayStation State of Play. By the time this episode will be live, we possibly might have a silent hill 2 release date maybe some more information so that's exciting uh just a couple of bits of news there's a trailer this week for a movie called tarot um a new sony horror movie turning tarot card drawings into supernatural monsters uh which sounds interesting at yeah least. and uh trevor henderson is doing that's just what i was about to mention yes yeah. man <laughs> sorry love, to love, you off. love trevor henderson Sorry so to cut was... you off. I cut you no, off. No, no, man. No, that <laughs> I just was didn't the... know if you knew, and I was very excited about that information. Yeah, so Trevor Henderson, who's been involved in lots of things in movies, obviously, and his, his creature designs. Uh, he did some stuff for Host. That's correct, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was uh, he, asked... he, Yeah, he works a lot with uh, Jed Shepard, who, spoilers, is in Terabytes because he's making an FMV horror game. Um, yes. Ghosts. So, that yeah, right? Jed, yeah, that's exactly the one. So, yeah, Jed Shepard, he did a lot of um, Trevor Henderson designed uh, monsters for ghosts. Uh, he also designed creatures for uh, Jed's uh, most recent Netflix film, which the name escapes me at the minute, but it was like a short Netflix oh, film. Yeah, it's pretty the cool. Short. It's called Flashback. That's that right? the one. Yeah, that's Flashback? the one. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. something, yeah, I think that's the name. Uh, but that would be really cool creature design in that. Um, Trevor Henderson's kind of got these fingers and loads of little horror spaces um yeah. one of the coolest things he's done recently is there is a gravity falls um book coming out uh that is uh, more adult oriented specifically wow, it's like okay. uh i believe it's like a creature encyclopedia or something but it's a bit like dog and just canon to mm. that universe and stuff uh but trevor henderson um supplied some of the designs to the this new mysterious gravity falls book that we know very Amazing. little about but that's very exciting that's super cool. Yeah, so he he was asked to be the sole designer of eight different monsters in this movie, um, which is super exciting. And as you mentioned, Jed, uh, he's been on the show before. He talked about From Beyond with us. Uh, I backed Ghosts, the, the the game as well, so really looking forward to that. Um, I didn't really watch the trailer for this film. Film. I'm trying to avoid, horror, especially horror movie trailers, you know, mm-hmm. scares sometimes are included. This kind of looks, apparently from reactions, it looks like kind of like it could be a generic sort of like teen horror movie. But if it's got lots of it, supernatural entities designed by Trevor Henderson, I'm uh, I'm definitely interested. I think it was called Horoscope before. Now mm. that is Horoscope. So that is that's a pretty good name. I wonder why they changed it. I wonder what happened. Uh, I think probably just because Horoscope's technically a different thing to Tarot. Like if you're going to like it's a cool pun name, but it's actually yeah. those two things are kind of unrelated. So they just ha- halfway through they're like, hang on a minute, this is more of a yeah. this is more of a tarot than a than a horoscope movie. Um, I think the book it's based on is called Horoscope. So maybe they've just she whoever's made that book has literally just gone. This is too good a pun. To <laughs> yeah, let go. we need to make a book based on this. It's kind of more tarot card. Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> Uh, and the other piece of news I've got is Diablo Cody has said that she's not done with Jennifer's body and wants to make a sequel. Yes, uh, please. Yeah. I know. What, what are we looking at? Like 15 years since the original 2009, I think it was released. 
I think so. Yeah, I'd, I love that movie so much. It's such yeah. a, it's such a good film. It was so underappreciated on release. I'm <laughs> glad it's kind of getting that um, critical revisitation now. Yeah, most definitely. And I think I was when it originally came out. I was kind of I'm not really interested in that. But then after seeing it at a later stage, I thought, oh, yeah, that's really good, actually. So that'd be cool to see. Um, it's been on the ground for horror news. So I guess we should move straight on to what we've been watching. Is there anything you've seen uh, down in the last seven days? It doesn't have to be the last seven days, horror related or horror adjacent. Um, I've been so busy with Terabytes. I haven't seen a lot of full films recently. Um, but in terms of stuff that I'm excited for. Uh, there was a trailer mm. dropped recently for a horror film called Stop Motion. Oh my God, that looks amazing. Oh, yes. Um, so yeah. it appears like, you know, um, for those who haven't seen it, it appears to be that a stop motion animator is kind of, I guess, being haunted by a creations. I have a feeling there'll be a manifestation of some trauma as, as horror is prone to do. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yes. But the really cool thing about that trailer is the visuals of the stop motion creatures uh, that are haunting and attacking her and stuff. Uh, all of the rest of the film is in sort of traditional live action format, but the creatures and the monsters are actual stop motion animations. And oh, it looks cool. so, so good. <laughs> it works so well. Like, Oh my God, I, I'm so excited for that. Um, Maybe that's a trailer I need to watch actually, because I saw it. I saw it announced. I saw some. Um, I saw some screen grabs from it, but maybe that's something I need to watch. There's uh, also a new slasher film that I haven't. Well, I did see the trailer for. I can't remember the 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 name of it, but the trailer is very very minimalistic. Like it is literally a shot of, um, sort of like a Friday the Thirteenth style lake and just ominous music and then some quotes come up about how great this film is and then you see the back of it seemingly a killer and then just cuts to the title uh but trevor henderson again to bring him up uh was talking wow. about it on twitter and he said that he saw it early and it was really really great and reading a little bit more into it it appears that it is a slasher film from the perspective of the slasher i believe is it's like gimmick wow, i think okay. it might even be in first person i'm not sure it was very sort of vague on the details and it's kind of hard to pin down what it's all about at the moment but a lot of people who've seen it getting very excited about it and that makes me very excited so yeah those are the definitely. two things i'm really looking forward to at the minute yeah both sound both sound great and stop motion stop something about stop motion animation is terrifying i mean i recently mm. rewatched robocop and ed209 is or ed209 sorry <laughs> <laughs> don't want to get, want to get that correct, incorrect. The stop motion animation on that and the, and the sound design is absolutely terrifying. I remember being terrified like when I was a kid of Ed Two Hundred Nine, and just just the sound design, the like squealing of a pig when it yeah. like collapses. Yeah, it's horrifying. It's ho it's horrifying. So yeah, and all of the like Ray Harryhausen stuff used to terrify me when I was a kid. So anything stop motion animated is always going to get me. I think so. Yeah, super looking forward to that. Um. In terms of what I've been watching, I haven't watched all that much recently. However, I did manage to get hold of The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered, and I've been playing the No Return mode, um, which is great. It's a lot of fun. You can unlock a lot of different characters. Um, you can There are a lot of different sort of game modes throughout, uh, like Hunted, and one where you just defeat waves of enemies. Other times you've got like Capture a Safe, 
Other times you just got to survive an onslaught in one particular area. Kind of reminds me of that sequence in Resident Evil 4 when you're in the house. Mm. Um, and you've just got to just survive, essentially. Uh, I don't know if you've played Last of Us 2 Remastered. I know it's only just... Uh, no, really. no, I haven't yet. I've actually been, I mean, pro- kind of related to work at the minute. I've actually been playing, well, I've been playing a lot of um, horror game stuff. Uh, it's kind of why I haven't had the time for the movies. Um, but I've been revisiting a lot of these kind of more off-the-wall uh, titles, especially on the PS1. Um, so, uh, like, stuff like Kudelka. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, it's like a PS1 survival horror RPG. Um, that's wow, really, okay. really interesting. Uh, Baroque, which uh, I had to play a English fan translation of. There's no official um, wow. translation of. And that's, again, it's a, it's a, it's a horror RPG. Um, really surreal and weird and interesting um there's just recently been a fan translation release that isn't complete yet for a game called germs um i'm keen to pick that up i haven't played it yet but i'm very very interested in it it's apparently like just just a wild wild time the ps1 is such an interesting um like space for horror obviously a kind of catapulted horror and limelight with titles like resident evil and silent hill but especially when you go to um, Japan exclusives, there's a lot of like really interesting and strange experiments um, Mm. in that space uh, that just kind of, uh, there's lots of stuff that blows my mind there Um, and not horror, but I've also been playing uh, police notes, um, which I never got a chance to play when I was uh, younger. It was always a a game that I really, really wanted to play, but it always had that language barrier. And yeah, I, I don't know, I guess because I was, acquiring a lot of fan translations lately i was like you know what i should finally do i should finally finally get police <laughs> notes because i've actually got a physical copy but obviously it's all in japanese um yeah so yeah it was just great to great to sort of see that game in in, in motion properly for the first time big hideo kojima fan and uh even though it's you know like one of these earlier outings it still has so much of his trademark flair in there and like mm. For what's essentially a visual novel, like, oh my God, it's beautiful. Like the hand-drawn 90s animated cutscenes are gorgeous. Like real gorgeous cyberpunky anime vibes. Feels like Ghost in the Shell or, you know, like early Gundam. It's oh, gorgeous. Love it. action talking to Hideo Kojima as well did you see him and him and Jinja Ito were together recently I know they're long time mm-hmm. friends but whenever whenever they get together yeah I I actually do think there's a possibility Junji Ito might do something for OD um I know um okay. Okay. Kojima made a tweet where he basically said that with OD it wasn't just going to be Jordan Peele he was collaborating with he says it was going to be a collaboration with like multiple artists from around the world who he respected um I think if you know schedules align we might see Guillermo del Toro back on the project with them just because I know they really 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 want to work together I know obviously he's kind of in Death Stranding and there was the whole thing with PT but I know they really want to like properly Mm. properly work together um so I'm wondering if he's going to be involved in some capacity but yeah other than that, it'd be pure speculation. I mean, even this is pure speculation, to be fair. But I think I think was with a chance of getting a, a Junji Ito, Guillermo del Toro, Jordan Peele, Hideo Kojima collaboration of some kind, which is just wow. like, even the fact that that's possible, <laughs> those four just 
incredible visionaries being yeah. involved on the same thing blows my mind just and fills up. me with hope. And to be fair, even if it's literally just Kojima and Peel, like that's already like two yeah, of my favorite that's artists. Outstanding, so. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Very, very exciting for the times ahead. Uh, and the only other thing I wanted to mention, someone I've been watching, I've started True Detective Night Country. I'm four episodes into that now. Um, there are definitely The Thing vibes. Mm-hmm. There, are definitely 30, there are definitely 30 Days of Night vibes, just, just obviously because of the setting, yes. But I don't want to spoil anything in particular, but it's, it's not like horror straight up, but there are definitely some horror visuals and like if you if you've seen any of the other series so true detective series one had some sort of like supernatural elements two and three not so much but it seems like they're going back to that and they're kind of linking it to the first series as well i know the series uh creator is it nico pizzolato is not involved in this um it's it's uh is it acita lopez who who made tigers are not afraid um i think it I'm is really... i think it is the same person who made tigers are not afraid yeah yeah so I'm really enjoying it so far. Jodie Foster's great. Um, everybody else who's kind of like involved in it is is awesome as well. But yeah, there is without spoiling anything. There's a a couple of scenes in particular that are very reminiscent of the thing. Um, there's a sort of a a, a center, um, sort of like a research facility in the snow that where some stuff happens. It's great. It's great. I'm loving it. And there's a little a little Easter egg as well. If you look out, there is a copy of the thing on VHS in the background in one mm-hmm. of the sequences. Uh, since we're on the subject of the thing, actually, I don't know if you caught Creator VC's other announcement of uh, I sure did. next thing expanded. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that's super, super exciting. Anything you could tell us about that? That's very, 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 very <laughs> early in development. There's nothing I can say about that at this phrase, uh, at this phase, other than uh, you can fill in a survey with yep. um, some personal feelings and thoughts of what you think about the thing and um, how it connects to you. And uh, there's potentially some openings on it. And on the survey, it'll ask you if you have any skills that might be applicable to the film. And uh, yeah, we we wow. are very excited um, not just to dive into it. Obviously, we've got a, a, a sort of very healthy relationship with uh, John Carpenter. He's uh, worked with us before. Um, but we expected the sort of initial outburst of sort of fan feedback to be positive. Um, but we didn't expect just how excited people would be with the thing mm. expanded. Um, so yeah, if you, if you want to check us out on social media, obviously, you know, plug in two projects here, I haven't even started the second one, but, uh, go and check us out <laughs> on so- social media. There's the, you can find one, the thing expanded on all socials and, uh, you'll, you can Amazing. see the survey on there, get a, uh, get some, some thoughts in and, uh, you know, perhaps help inform or even potentially be a part of the film. You never know. Amazing. Amazing. I'm definitely going to look into that. And I urge, I'll put the link in the show notes for that as well as terabytes, of course. Um, and we will share any updates on our social media as and when for some projects that, that we're super excited for as well. Um, okay. So I guess we should move on to the main event then, Dan, mm. which, is, which is House of the Dead. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a write-up about it right now. Okay, so it's a 2003 action horror film directed by Uwe Boll, um, and it's based on the House of the Dead video game franchise by Sega. 
if you didn't know, there's a big old Sega uh, logo within this game. <laughs> uh, it's like like a, behind a stage. Like, oh, yeah, there we go. Um, so a group of college students travel to a mysterious island to attend a rave. we got to get to this rave, man, which is soon overtaken by bloodthirsty zombies. Can you believe it? Um, on IMDb, we've got 2.1 out of 10. You know what? It's been a long time since we've tackled a movie with ratings such as this. We've done Alone in the Dark in the, on the show a long, long time ago. But this is unprecedented. I know the opening of the show, I say a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies. It's mostly the best. It's sometimes ones that are not so great. It's rarely the worst. But so this is a special, special episode. Um, It's got, so yeah, 3% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 10% critic score on Letterboxd, 1.4 out of 5. And I've got some choice reviews for you. Ooh, Um, this is excited for this. Jacob says, really happy that fin- this they finally melded the style of one of those old schools you wouldn't download a film ads with one of my favorite <laughs> arcade shooter games. Magic. Uh, that's Jacob, and he gives it one star. Zara Gwen, half a star, says Uwe Ball is a menace to society. Um, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. Trace Thurman, uh, one-star review again, says, you have to admire the sheer level of incompetence it took to make this film. Film in quotation marks. <laughs> uh, but Mikey V says, am I the only one who understands the complexities of this ambitious cinematic masterpiece? This movie isn't stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> Three and a half stars. <laughs> but uh, so co-host Andy, obviously, if you're if you're listening to the show, which you are, of course, if you hear my voice, um, but Andy's not here. Uh, so he sent he sent on his review, which he says, it seems like such a surreal experience that there are moments where I question whether this is actually the most highbrow art I've ever consumed, or they just spent the money on coke and a three hundred and sixty degree <laughs> three hundred and sixty degree camera, made the film up as they went along, and filled any jo- any filled any join-ins with the three second clips of arcade footage. Both films, he's talking about the sequel as well, fail to cap- capitalize on the great NPC in danger line from the film. No, don't come. To its limitless comedy potential. Don't come. Um, <laughs> there we go. So, so most people think it's kind of not great, but how do you feel about it, Dan? Um, so, you know, there's that thing um, where like a film can be so bad, it loops around again to being good. Yeah. So this doesn't do that. No. Um, what it does do is it does two laps of that circuit and then yeah. settles somewhere in the middle of the track. And I'm not sure where. Yeah. So it is so bad. It's just bad. Then it breaks that threshold and it's so bad. It's funny and loops back around to being good again. And then it gets worse. And you're like, actually, no, this is mm-hmm. just one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. And then it gets good again. Maybe I'm not sure. It's, bafflingly incompetent it is mind-numbingly inept it is the it is so surreal the levels to which this film stoops that there is an entertainment value in not just like you know a lot of people like to laugh at bad movies but Mm -hmm. this is a bad that does a special thing and that shock you like I'm getting ahead of myself, but like there is a scene in this film that when I watched it, I watched it by myself 
and I still <laughs> felt the need to cry out, what? Where <laughs> a whole scene happens with a massive zombie fight, and then yeah. a character has a flashback, and the yeah. flashback is the zombie fight we have literally, literally just, just seen, seen in a super sped up reverse. And then it just yeah, what was him. It? And you're just like, what? What? I get Did I hallucinate that? What is going on? It is bafflingly edited, bafflingly written. The editing is insane. And just bafflingly executed. And there are so many things in this film where you know the film had to be made in earnest because if you were trying to be that bad, if you actively went, let's make every terrible possible decision we can make at every opportunity. <laughs> and at each of those opportunities, let's make sure that terrible decision is the worst possible decision we could make you still wouldn't get to the levels that this film reaches. It is just awe-inspiringly awful. I don't know if there's anything else I can add to that, Dan. <laughs> but then Uwe Boll, Uwe Boll has a track record, right? So mm. we can look at this and say, how is it so bad? It must have been made in earnest. But he has got a track record. So, of course, and as I, and as I mentioned... I, despite the fact that yes, it is terrible, and that zombie action scene, I feel like we could pick apart for a long time. I don't know if you noticed, there were occasions when some characters, when they had a three hundred and sixty degree shot, had a different weapon to what they had in in the actual main body uh, of that scene. You did. There's like as there's so much of that. There's like a zombie fight on the boat, and the same zombie gets killed four times. Yeah. Um. It's full of continuity errors and misplaced ed and and then they, they they try to like do it kind of stylistically like the games but it just makes the 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 whole the edit is so confusing like anytime somebody dies in this film like literally anytime a major character dies they then have a shot of that character alive standing up the camera spins around spins around them and like blood falls from the top and i know they're trying to emulate the games but like like a death that's death so confusing it was so confusing the first time it happened i was like wait is he not dead like what what just happened eh? what just happened and oh the the cut is I'm, I'm genuinely like struggling to articulate like you need to see how badly this film is edited yeah. to fully experience it characters will literally be like in the middle of like sort of big kind of important uh conversations and the music's building and then you're somewhere else you're just on a yeah. beach in totally different lighting with totally different people. And I know that's how films work. That's what, what they do. They cut away to the relevant action. But I mean, with like no end to the prior scene to the point, yeah. like I thought my film had skipped and rewound yeah. it. Oh, only yeah. to realize that was how it was edited. Most definitely, it's, yeah. Oh, God, it's, in, it's incredible, really. It's truly incredible. Yeah. And yeah, Uwe Ball, like you could do an entire five hour long podcast just on that guy not even his yeah. work just on yeah. him he is an interesting dude to say the least he is a strange 
wild and controversial man. And it is baffling that he managed to have a career for as long as he did. It's still going. He's just it's still going. Yeah, he's coming still back. Films. He's coming back. He's uh, he coming he's just back. Was a... He's doing a fourth rampage film. That's his own original yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it seems like he had a bit, a bit of a break. Card. A bit of a break from like 2017 to 2021, but then he's come and he's been making some other stuff. To open a uh, restaurant. That did was, he open a restaurant? His, he opened a restaurant. He's not He's not still fre- threatening to fight movie critics, though, is he? He did fight movie critics. He had boxing he did fight matches one, with didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he fought true. more than one. He fought multiple. He this is before big... Alone in the Dark. I've just realized yeah, the yeah. timeline of things. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this was made two years before Alone in the Dark. Yeah, so so for context for those listening who are like, what the hell is going on? Uwe Ball <laughs> is a, a German director who um, has this wild career spanning mostly bad movies, but every now and then he'll just stumble into a good film. Like, it's bizarre. Um, none of his video game adaptations fall under that um, no. level, uh, under that curtain. Um, but the... For some reason, um, after House of the Dead, House of, of the Dead, sorry, he just kept getting uh, video game movie licenses. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how. Um, there's... Blood Rain, Alone in the Dark, Far Cry. Uh, what else? Uh, Dungeon Siege. He did a Dungeon Siege film. He did two Dungeon oh. Siege films in the name no of the way. King and in the name of the King too. Um, oh, they're Dungeon Siege love. films. Yeah, yeah. It's it. So it's it's called In the Name of the King, and then it's got a little yeah. subtitle that says A Dungeon Siege Tale. Uh, um okay. and yeah just just all really poor really incompetent really terrible films and yet you know like surprisingly not high budget but like th- this film cost more than 10 million and it looks like it was made on 25 quid like you know <laughs> what I mean? literally looks like you and your mates got a dv cam and shot it oh in oh my god some... look at this 12 million budget 13.8 million at the box office yeah, and then in videos he actually made a huge profit in in, in the Christ. on the physical. There's, there's uh, the answer there. then. There's where he keeps getting uh getting movies. But yeah, this is obviously 2003, the like new metal uh me- the new metal horror movie s- stage. Although this one's more like a dubstep soundtrack version, like nineties rave. Like yeah, it's 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 a very bizarre soundtrack. Like I think does. Does it? Am I mistaken? Am I misremembering? Or does it open up with a prodigy song? Oh, it's or, it's it's not a prodigy song. It's a prodigy ripoff, isn't it? So much like a prodigy song. Yeah, it's a, a huge, huge ripoff of a prodigy song. I had to Google it to find out which it, what it was. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't the prodigy. It's like it's like Firestarter. I think the like, yeah, even like it's, it's the like, riff is the same. The 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 it, vocals are like the same. Yeah. Like I don't know, I don't know if, if anybody's into uh, wrestling. This is a, a niche cut, but th- this is like Hell the yes. TNA version of, <laughs> of like the theme song. <laughs> like if the prodigy went to TNA, this would be the music. Exactly. Uh, big into wrestling, man. Big into wrestling. As many as many wrestling cuts you want to drop into this podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly dropping going. wrestling references in any any given situation if I can. Yeah, I did watch the Royal Rumble as well. That's something else I've been watching. Not horror or horror adjacent. Oh, I went, yes, I did watch. I did watch Royal Rumble. Well, you know, like there's horror characters. I'm trying to think if there was any in the Royal Rumble. I actually don't think there was. But you know, you've got Abaddon. You've got Abaddon. Bray Wyatt, yeah. rest his soul. You got Undertaker. Like there, there are horror. There's horror in wrestling. Yeah. I did a whole video about horror in wrestling. Did you? Yeah, on my YouTube oh my channel. On YouTube. Uh, well, yeah. dude, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it's uh, 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 uh 
I think if you just search Dan Dramble's Bray Wyatt, you'll get it. Um, oh, but like it talks mostly about Bray Wyatt. Um, but it also talks about just the idea of like incorporating horror elements into wrestling and stuff. That's that's amazing. I do love it when horror gets in, into wrestling. How about uh, did you talk about the Boogeyman? He's mentioned very briefly at the start. I think I do a big. I do a big. My brain went there. Yeah, I do a big, big thing where I talk about like you might think that horror and wrestling are strange, but would be strange bedfellows, but they collide more often than you think. And then I just list off like a bunch of horror tropes that have happened in wrestling. Um, I think the Boogeyman might be in that list. If I have missed him out, it just shows how much horror is in wrestling. Because I'll list about like 27 people. And if he's not in it, that means there was more <laughs> that I didn't list. That's even four. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I miss, I miss a good Buried Alive match. Yeah. Uh, we don't yeah. get many of them anymore, do we? You get um, your coffin matches in AEW still. They're pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I suppose in, in WWE, it's more like the cinematic thing. Well, they haven't really been doing it that since mm. like post-pandemic, have they? But uh, uh, I, f- I found the name of the, of the House of the Dead opening title song it's called danger danger i've literally just closed the tab down as i did that <laughs> um it's called danger danger by code thrasher code thrasher just that even it. sounds like a, a knockoff doesn't it like like that <laughs> sounds does. like somebody like typed into like a rave song song artist generator like what do you want a code thrasher yeah wow i know it's bad so obviously yeah i think it's mostly like trance slash dubstep. There's a bit of that going on in in the soundtrack. Um, edited like there's a lot of of like smash cuts and like whooshes. Uh, yes, black and uh, black and white. And whenever they don't have a natural <coughs> transition um, to use to cut between scenes, they just artificially put in shots of the arcade games. Uh, yeah, which is baffling bold <laughs> so choice. Baffling. Bold cho- it really because... takes you out the film every single time it also it's it's such a bad choice for so many reasons one completely completely takes you out the movie two it reminds you how dissimilar the film you are watching is to house of the dead because not only mm. does it feel nothing like the gameplay footage you are saying uh it draws attention to the fact that the zombies on screen don't look remotely like no. their video game counterparts. One, there is there is even a scene that specifically draws attention to that, where a zombie throws a barrel, and they cut to a massive yeah. boss. Oh my god! Doing of the same thing, and they transition yeah. between the two, drawing attention to the fact that the two are nothing alike because it's one I just of the kept... bosses, and he's a big armor dude, and then it's just this little guy in a rubber suit. Uh, it, it, it's oh, baffling. Yeah, this... Effect, and then even man. worse, even worse, I can go on about this so much. This is such a like pet peeve for us. Um, <laughs> they throw in clips from both House of the Dead 1 and House of the Dead 2. Oh, shit. Both console versions and the arcade versions. Um, so it, the quality's like all over the place. Literally, they just must throw in whatever clips they have. And they use the censored versions. The clips have green oh my blood. God. Both of the clips, oh, not the green all of blood them. version. Yeah, they use a green blood version. Oh, man. It's like, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? If you could have put in that, that in, put in the uncensored one in your big violent horror movie, you know? Yeah. The, the, the opening credits have got some weird inverted version of the video games as the background. Like one of those Awful. Windows Movie Maker templates that you would <laughs> try to make a video look edgy and sort of like inverted and negative. That's there. Also, I kept thinking, 
people are going to watch these these this film and not know that it's based on a game. Oh yeah. I know, of course, in the credits it says based on the games. However, those sequences of the game, some people are going to be like, what? Like horror people <laughs> who just want to watch a zombie movie, people who are just watching any old horror film. The fact that there's an audience out there who know the games and the film, like it's just going to be a, a a percentage of that audience. It's just confusing for everybody, everybody involved. Really, really funny to show somebody it as a genuine zombie movie and saying their reaction to that, I think. Because um, <laughs> there will be a lot of people that are just like, what the fuck was that? But you can say that about a lot of things in this movie. The video yeah. game transitions are not the, the strangest free- thing that occurs no. in this film. The 360 degree camera shots, right? So this was jarring in, in lots of ways. Mainly because none of these characters, apart from perhaps the the sort of boat captain and then the police officer woman, she is a police officer, isn't she? Yeah, are like a coast guard police officer. Yeah. That's never really. Nobody, I don't know why they're chasing down a boat. Nobody is painted as competent, as good with a weapon, as a badass of sorts. For some reason, as soon as everybody gets locked and loaded, this film decides they're all badasses. You know, they would have been screaming their heads off two minutes ago, running from the zombies, but now they've got a weapon in their hands. They're oh, worthy yeah. of a 360-degree shot of them, like, kicking ass, essentially. Yeah, and then they can all suddenly do Kung Fu um, for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just just, oh, just breaking out, like, high split kicks and stuff, and Matrix jumps into the air and, like... Like, could you imagine? Oh. Could you imagine? Because it plays it so serious before then. Could you imagine watching, like, the walking dead and like yet two seasons deep it's two seasons deep and then rick grimes just pulls off a fucking john claude van damme split kick backflip out of norway yeah. like that's how jarring it is within Incredibly this film jarring. and one of the characters like almost becomes like the the, the protagonist of the games isn't he? I, can't, I can't think about any what their names i know what um but you know the guy who's suddenly in all black and he's got like the I can't even think about what the guy's name is. He's got like a patch on his face. Oh, yeah. Suddenly, Um, it's like this guy who was incompetent and a loser and, you know, this big misogynist is suddenly they've like gone, actually, we're going to make him like the protagonist of this film. And then then he's like a big hero. And then, yeah, it it doesn't know who any of its characters are. Never mind who the protagonist is. Um, And I don't. I think the ending is supposed to imply the survivor becomes the villain of the game, I think. So it's a survivor, the uh so there's a woman who gets stabbed, isn't there? Yeah. Um is that the person you mean when you say the survivor? No, the dude, the dude who carries that out. Uh okay. I've I got you. think I might be misremembering, but I think it's implied that he becomes the villain of the game games it's played as the it's played as a prequel uh, okay. oh like curian yeah yeah like curian so it's jo- so jonathan cherry who's the guy who the, the 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 film opens up on with him in black like saying I, we just wanted to come to a rave and then this happened and then it's oh i can't believe it and then and then he's the one who has the flashback within the action sequence he yeah. um so there are a couple of recognizable faces in this so jonathan cherry he was in um final destination 2 Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even really remember what his part was, but I remember his face uh, from being in that film. Obviously, you've got Clint Howard as as uh, just some sort of boat captain yeah, guy. Yeah, like a crotchety old yeah. fisherman type. Fisherman. He's great. He's great yeah. and that he's not great. Everybody in this film, like even the talented actors, 
uh, acting terribly. Yeah. But he like really chews the scenery. Like he does the whole film with like one eye closed, like like just yeah. kind of half closed, but like not really committing to it. And it's it's like he's wearing an eye patch, but he isn't wearing an no. eye patch. It's really odd. It's really jarring. He's method like, acting like, wearing like, an eye patch. Monocle, but it's not there. And he's yeah. you know he's doing oh you don't want to go to the island. It's a scary island, and it's just like what the hell is this? Who is this Scooby Doo ass character? Yeah. On this boat, it's baffling. It feels very Scooby Doo in place, and I think even doesn't someone name drop Scooby Doo at one point as well? Have yeah, you, uh, it literally. I, I believe they draw attention to the fact that the film feels very Scooby Doo, which yeah. almost feels like a way for the film to kind of shirk its own criticism. Yeah. Um, but like, don't 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 pretend this wasn't Ernest. Don't pretend yourself away. Like, don't 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 do no. that, Paul. We we no. know. We know. We know he's really he's trying to play it off as in as in like oh I know it's bad and I knew it was bad all along like I don't know if you've seen but the director's cut of this film is called the funny cut oh. um, and it opens with Uwe Ball being kidnapped and forced into a room and made to watch the film at gunpoint. Uh, okay, I got you. So they're I trying to you. play it off as like oh yeah it's so terrible and like Even Uwe that Ball was my attention. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's no. just, it's got weird weird yeah. legacy this thing. Another another recognizable face, Jurgen Prof Prochnow, who is uh, uh, Captain Kirk, the, the Captain Captain Kirk. That's correct. He's in loads of stuff, isn't he? He is in Beverly Hills Cop Two as one of the villains. He's in um, what's it called? He's in he's in some Twin Peaks stuff as the Woodsman as well. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, it's really baffling how like Uwe Ball like manages to you know pull these things off. Like. In the name of the king has Jason Statham in. Yeah. Like, and in the name of the king too has Dolph Lundgren in. And it's like, <laughs> what are you two doing anywhere near this man? Yeah. Like, this are you kidding me? No. Oh, and Jurgen Prochnow is also in uh, in the Mouth of Madness as uh, Sutter Kane. That was where I recognised him from. Mm. So yeah, like competent actors who you know, I don't want to say they're absolutely terrible in this, but you know, they're kind of. Not the not the most fleshed out roles for them to be. They they, they will do the best with what they're given, um, and that's why the ones who shine the most are the ones who are given the most cartoony characters because at least they've got some scenery to chew on, and yeah. like they really give it the beans with the cheesiness. Um, but the problem that they have is like you 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 could give like one of these roles to Robert De Niro and he wouldn't be able to serve as anything out of it because it's this so flat, this so two dimensional, this so nothing to them. Like it's literally only that cartoony supporting cast that have any intriguing elements. The core yeah. main cast of like the people going to the rave. I couldn't tell you what any of their names were. I couldn't tell you what any no. of their relationships were, even though you see them play out on screen. Like I remember being like surprised by certain kisses. Like I was like, "Oh, yeah, you guys are romantic." I didn't. Was I supposed <laughs> to get that? Like they they are huge nothing burgers of people. There's just yeah. no substance to them whatsoever, other yeah. than being absolute idiots. Which I know it's kind of a like a hack thing, like a cliche thing to be like, "Oh, these horror movie characters are so stupid. Why don't they just leave the island? Or why don't they just do this?" But I think it's a fair criticism with this one because these mm. people are morons. Yeah. They are just bafflingly morons. They are like immersionly break, immersion breaking 
levels mm. of stupid. Like a really early scene that sticks out to me is um, they all go to this rave on this island. It's, you know, it's going to be the biggest rave in the world. And it's so sick that he pays like a boatman a thousand dollars to illegally ship. thousand dollars. How good is this rave going to be that you yeah. want to pay a thousand dollars to get there? That's not even a round trip. Yeah, it's, 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 and, and also, no, I think he says 500 there, 500 back. So he does, he does, it is going to be around trip. Uh, okay. But also, why is he carrying that much cash on him <laughs> to go to a rave? <laughs> like, you, sir, are going to get mugged. So that's, 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 just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's just baffling the stupid. But his biggest stupid thing is like, they get there and one of the girls has the common sense to go, hey, doesn't this bother you? isn't it weird how this is like the biggest rave of the year and nobody's here to which one of the guys replies with, yeah, it bothers me. I haven't got a mixer for my bud. And I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> Christ. This, this, oh, this is what we're working with. This, 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 these are the people. How can it be the, the guys. biggest rave of the year? I mean, it look, it sucks. It sucks. Even when it's a, before it's abandoned. Oh yeah. Uh, before so, the zombies so, attack, there's like 12 people. There. There's like 12 people there <laughs> on a Sega stage. Someone's one lady is, Suddenly topless immediately. There's um, a lot of suddenly topless in this film. There's a lot of suddenly, a lot topless, of suddenly topless, especially zombies, and the, and the sequel does it a lot as well. I guess we, let's talk about the plot uh, as briefly as I say as briefly as possible, um, as in depth as we like. So obviously, yeah, they book a boat trip to attend a rave on an island located off of the coast of Seattle, named Isla del Morte, Island of Death. Uh, Jurassic Park: The Lost World did that first, didn't they? Yes. I'm sure, they're not, I'm sure they're not the first to have done it. Um, I honestly don't know anyone's name. So two college students, Simon and Greg, and obviously we get the the, the introduction of these characters. Who's introducing them? Is it the... It's Rudy, isn't it? Who's introducing these characters? Like I believe Simon. so, because we get like literally like two sentences of him being like, yeah. if only they'd stayed off the boat. And then we had title <laughs> yeah. sequence, sudden cut into the film, and then just like a meandering 30 minutes... Or so I mean it probably wasn't 30 minutes, it felt like 30 minutes of them negotiating with this sailor of like, yeah. will you take us to the boat? No, I won't take you to the island. What if I give you this much money? No, I won't. I still won't take you to the I island. I wouldn't do it what for any amount of money. money. And it just goes back and forth for way too long. It's all shot on the wide, so it's just literally people standing around doing nothing. Um what a what a what a what an opener. To the movie, what, what, like, an what, what a, a kick, what a cracker! So, we got Simon and Greg, and then three girls Alicia, Karma, and Cynthia. Cynthia is in a relationship with Greg, apparently. That didn't, that's not important. Um, so yeah, they, they're late, and the boat that was supposed to take them has already left. And then, yeah, they negotiate with Victor Kirk, the boat captain, um, and his first mate, uh, Salish is apparently his name. They agree to take them, knowing the location when they're offered a thousand dollars. Um, yeah, so when they but when they arrive. The rave site is all messed up and deserted, it says here. Um, we didn't really see it is it all kind of happens off screen as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um the they because the film's cut so weirdly, like they have I assume for reasons of technical competence, uh or incompetence rather, and possibly budgetary reasons. The zombie attack on the rave is told through one isolated incident that happens very far away from the rave. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. a couple kind of go off to, you know, canoodle. Um, we have a little bit of a Jaws ripoff scene. Um, and by a little bit of a Jaws ripoff scene, I mean 
a lot of the Jaws ripoff scene. Lot of the, Jaws uh, rip-off scene the girl yeah. gets naked, um, goes in the water, and they literally play the most close to copyright <laughs> they can possibly get version of the Jaws theme. Like, my God, there's, there's an argument <laughs> right. to be made for a lawsuit for John Williams there. Um, we've we've got the prodigy ripoff. Is anyone who could do a John Williams? Jim Williams, he's pretty good at. It. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but the, without obviously understanding why that scene worked or built tension in any way, because yeah. nothing actually happens to her, yeah. and you don't. The, there's no real sense of threat. There's just some bubbles come up, and it plays. The guy just scene. vanishes. Does the guy vanish? The yeah, guy and the guy vanishes. The she goes on back on the beach, and then she walks into a house, a house of the dead, if you will. And uh, there's a bunch of zombies there and they kill him. And I'm pretty sure at one point, like when she sees him, she's like, are you okay? And he's like, uh, no, I'm being attacked by zombies. And there's literally just somebody just like sticks the hand up the shirt and goes like, ah, <laughs> like, like it's really like, like as if it's poking through him and it, it just looks like someone's just stuck the hand through the yeah. shirt. It's real the, cheesy. The, the effects, real they're, a lot of, they're a lot of like rub, what look like rubber masks. Yeah. Or like ghost train dummies. That, that that are supposed to be like zombies um when people are like just turned into zombies sometimes the effects look kind of believable you know with, with scary eyes and blood blood spurting out of the mouth other times they literally look human yeah um, there's, a, there's a lot of weird inconsistencies as well because the first time you see the zombies they all have glowing red eyes and then it never comes up again oh that's weird. When when it gets when he the guy when he's in the house and the girlfriend goes yeah. and sees him or the the girlies with it or whatever um mm. yeah they they you should see zombies in the dark and they have like these really cheesy like you know basic after effects glowing red eyes <laughs> and then none of them do mm. after that ever again that's never never oh. once brought up again i could um, imagine it was just like oh i don't actually like the look of that oh should yeah. i like, just change the <laughs> so, scene then nah just yeah. leave that uh we too, far gone. too far gone yeah, yeah it's a um but yeah, so the the wild inconsistency is uh, unsurprising. This plot description is almost like as bad as is difficult to follow as the uh, <laughs> as the actual film because I'm seeing a lot of names and these characters go here and do this and I remember obviously Cynthia the the sort of the blonde girl she ends up being turned into a zombie uh, and when she goes to attack the group there's obviously a slow mo scene of her like getting blown away. Um, and that is the sort of coast guard character. Yeah, the the, the police woman, coast guard, whatever she is, she, she, police woman who uses boats for some reason. Yeah, um, so she 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 was tracking Captain Kirk. Uh, that's correct, isn't it? And yeah. I think around about now we see a sequence of Kirk's boat like being attacked. Um, by the zombies as well where he a really hilarious sequence because the (laughs) stakes are like non-existent because kirk literally just stands in one spot and just kind of goes bang 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 (laughs) bang and he just does that for like 10 minutes just 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 one spot i mean i suppose in a way that's kind of similar to the arcade game you don't really move around maybe that's what What, they were going for what happens to clint howard okay he gets he gets a nibble. Um, we don't yeah, see it, right. uh, but we see him as a zombie later because uh, Captain Kirk randomly. Well, he gets ran- Captain Kirk gets bitten, and then he like randomly has like almost like I don't know. It's like they try to play it off as some kind of like weird siren call, and they're all boarded up in the house, and he goes out of the house and 
you know, he's his little first mate's there and he shoots yeah. his first mate in the head and yeah. then he has the big heroic sacrifice where he's like, I'm already dead and like I'm already dynamite. dead. I'm already dead, so I'm gonna light a stick of dynamite blowing up the door of where you are <laughs> where you the only thing protecting you. Yeah. It's a it's just a stupid, stupid you know? characters. Stupid, stupid moron characters. Yeah. Um so I guess that is is that the house of the dead? This house where they kind of end up hold up after the big action sequence. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, to be fair, the game The House of the Dead didn't really stick entirely to houses. So we can give them That's that. True. We can give them that. Um but yeah, uh yeah, I think I think what's worth noting that we haven't touched on in the film is like we're talking about a lot of crazy shit that happens, but like there is like a painful wait before mm. this film gets like in any way goofy in an entertaining way um it's like almost like two different movies stitched together i remember like watching it and thinking for like the first like hour or so that i was like why like one the the horror isn't effective but like why are you even trying Mm. in in adapting house of the dead to play it as like a straight horror you know it's like there's like isolated incidents of like smaller attacks and there's there's bits where they have to like cross the like some stepping stones on water and like one jumps out i know it's like a bridge and one like jumps yeah. out. it's like and it's like jump scares and frights and it's trying to play it off as like oh a scary zombie movie and we got to save our friend and you know we're just yeah. these fragile college students uh whatever they're supposed to be um just wanting to go to a rave and we've been completely blindsided by this where in no way like prepared for this situation and i'm like if you're gonna make a house of the dead movie you make fucking john wick with zombies like that's what you do like that film is is all action all the time it is blow up everything in front of you it is exploding limbs and and eventually we do get to that yeah in a very admittedly ooible goofy really incompetently put together but also kind of funny way um, but I'm also like, why wasn't that the whole film? Yeah. Like, what, what was the attempt there's a huge, tension at the start? Yeah, and there's a huge lull after that as well. After that sequence, mm. the film really stops and goes, right, we've got to just take our breath now um, with all these characters and kind of establishing these these, um, these, these rules that we've kind of set up. But yeah, that action set set piece, I mean, we could probably talk about that for a long time. Well, I, um, think, I think with the action set piece, I have a theory that okay. Uwe Ball cared about one scene in this entire yeah. film. That's, and it was that. Yeah. That's that's my that's theory. What it feels like. If you look at the whole film up to that point, it is wide angles, mm-hmm. three people in a shot, standing around awkwardly while one person talks. And yeah. people will have conversations and it'll just be on a wide. And literally the actors like don't know what to do. They're just... They just no. sort of stood at the side, just kind of there with just no, seemingly no direction, no action. And they will have like conversations between five people on like the boat or whatever. And they'll just like, you'll just hold it on the wide for like the entire conversation. It is proper like they've just sort of said like, okay, wander over there, set up the camera, just say your lines, just say your lines, just say your lines. And that's what makes it feel like particularly cheap. Like, it's not mm-hmm. just the fact that the entire film looks like dirt, because it does. Um, it's 
like really inconsistently color graded and lit, but also it's just like it's shot like very, very student film amateurly. Um, and then we get to the action set piece, and it's like he just needed the rest of the movie to kind of act as a, a container this particular scene, for yeah. this thing, and that's all he wanted to make. Because at that point, don't get us wrong, it's still incompetent, but at that point, he like ramps up the creativity and the cuts and the style and the different like aesthetic choices. And, you know, he's pulling out the 360 cameras and the slow motion, and the explosions and stuff. And yeah, it all looks goofy and cheesy as shit, but it also looks like where the entirety of the money was spent upon. If you take out that film, I could only feel, if you take out that scene rather, I could only theorize that if this film had a 12 million budget, that Uwe Ball must have paid himself eleven million nine hundred ninety nine thousand, <laughs> and the rest of it was just filmed with the remainder. Uh, because <laughs> up until then, you're like, how how has this cost that much? And even then, yeah. you're like, why did this cost twelve million? But but still, at least at least there's some some idea of like where that money went because he ramps it up for that. It shit. went to renting that three hundred and sixty degree rig for the camera. <laughs> he loves that camera. Oh my he loves god, that. he loves that camera. Any excuse, it's like the shot. The shot where that where the zombie does a front flip, throwing an axe, and then for some reason, the character can't even think of the character's name with a shotgun leaps up in order up to get a good angle. The, yeah, oh, oh, that is dear God, the maddest shit I think I've ever seen. Really but, bad CG shotgun bullets coming out. Oh yeah, Fantastic. the sort of shotgun spread. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it is terrible. However, I think that shot, just simply for the ridiculous nature of it, suddenly everyone's good at kung fu. S- weapons are changing halfway through different shots. Uh, characters that we don't care about are suddenly unbelievable badasses. For that sequence alone, for its baffling nature, is worth the price of admission. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's also edited like a, 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 a squirrel with like, who's just snorted a line of coke was at the yeah. booth because it is yeah. shit everywhere. Like no, no shot is held for longer than like half a second. Um, frantic cuts, then flashbacks of the same scene you just saw, but like cut really quickly and in reverse. And oh, it's, it, it shots are upside down. Probably. I don't know. It goes so fast. It's hard to tell. It is yeah. mental. Um, and I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Not, not for the reasons I think they meant me to enjoy it, but it was, it was a blast. And uh, it, it, this is what I mean, where the film does laps. It's like so bad, it's bad, and then it's yeah. so bad, it's great, but and then it's just so bad again. When it's so bad, it's bad. Like it's just a bit boring, especially the lull after this scene where everyone's kind of on a come down after their action set piece, and obviously we've got Captain Kirk has been bitten, and he's yeah, he goes, goes and does his big um sacrifice uh but yeah everything after this kind of just and then obviously we get the the island history story the isla del morte and the spanish catholic <laughs> priest what is going on what is going on? i remember uh jesus i remember getting that point in the film and it really just be like what what, what like hands going on, on. Kind of... the sepia toned oh. like is it, is it how, in how my you, head? It's it's sepia tone. How do you know it's in the? Yeah, I know it's one hundred percent sepia toned. It's like how 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 shall we say that this is in the past? It's like oh, let's make it look like one of those like Wild West photos you get at like <laughs> Disney theme parks. 
where they just put it through that filter. Like, yeah, it's, oh my God. So, I mean, I suppose we should explain that bit. So they find out the island's yeah. history and um, when they do so, it cuts to a flashback and it's like, I don't know when it's supposed to be set. Like, So it says 15th century. So this Catholic priest was banished from Spain in the 15th century because of his dark experiments. Um, but then, so his name's Castillo Sermano. Sermano? <laughs> murdered the crew of the boat, the St. Cristobal, the ship that was taking him to the island, which enslaved... And then he enslaved the island's natives, murdered anyone who visited the place. Um, and yeah, the whole process is essentially this zombie outbreak is... Even though this is hundreds and hundreds of years later, it's been happening pretty much in isolation until these people turn up for a rave. Um, to what end? Like, what was his goal there? Like, what, 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 why? The, like, I know, the I, know they have a, I know they have a, an explanation where, <laughs> but the explanation just begs more questions because it's so hilariously the, ex written. the explanation is classic villain just wants immortality um, for some reason. You know? Which they, not... they say and reveal through the best line in the film. You're, you're going to have to remind me, Dan, because I do so, not remember. <laughs> So, um, I forget what the hero's name is, but a big villain has revealed himself. Yeah, we've found out these backstories. This, like you say, is the Spanish priest who is uh, doing dark experiments to gain immortality, and it worked. And but now he's like a Frankenstein's monster of all yeah. of his victims because he has to keep repairing his skin and mm. body. Presumably, I guess that's what they were going for because he's like he might be immortal, but you know he. He's like a physical, patchwork quilt yeah. of a man. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. A really goofy looking one too. Um, and the, <laughs> it's so, um, I'm like genuinely like laughing thinking about it. But yeah, the, the main character is all, you know, tied up. It's the dark night of the soul moment. And he's like, yeah, he says something like, oh, you, you, you did all these experiments just to become a mortal. Why? And then the villain <laughs> leans in and says to live forever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude. Cheers, man. That's oh, what yeah. a mortal means. That's the definite. Like, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you mean? Do you want to become a mortal? Why to live forever? To live forever. Like, Why do you want to live yeah. forever on this yeah. shithole of an island, surrounded by a load of dead people? Like, oh. what's good about that? I don't. I don't understand his end goal. Like, he doesn't seem to have ever tried to get off the island. Uh, no. Like, spread or conquer the world. He's literally just on this remote island, just. Living forever, hanging out with think... his, hanging out with his little zombie buddies, and just hanging out with his zombie buddies who are like uh, Spanish fifteenth century uh, <laughs> soldiers, or I guess who guess who were the crew of that boat? Have somehow managed. He's kept them alive as well this whole time. Yeah, I with some really weird red juice. Yeah, it's just like weird a red juice. Yeah, yeah, which is really funny as well because that's another instance where a, a, a character is just making absolutely moronic decisions. Um, so there's a point where um, they find like a weird lab where he's experimenting on the zombies, but the zombies are dead in this lab. They're not being resurrected yet. And they're like, huh, how's that work? And then there's this almost like a fish tank full of like red liquid. There's a yeah. little monster inside it and it kind of comes up to the surface. And then one of the women just comes in and just shoots the fish tank. Like it's in a yeah. tank. It's contained. Yeah. Why would you do that? What are you yeah. doing? 
Sammy can't risk Bullets, it. You strange. Like what? What is? Can't risk it. And, and obviously the blood then flows and resurrects all the zombies in the lab and or yeah. whatever. The, I say blood juice thing resurrects all the, juice, all the zombies yeah. in the lab and it's like i don't know what you thought would happen probably not that but i don't know what you thought you were achieving by just gunning mm. that aquarium on the corner yeah <sighs> leave the aquarium alone completely forgot to mention that the uh coast guard lady gets killed she gets her legs like i want to say i was gonna say chewed off but i think watching the scene they just like this is the thing the zombies use weapons as well yeah, again yeah. like like that's a, that is one similarity to the game that they they throw weapons and they use like axes and different things like that. But yeah, she gets her legs off. She's in the sequel though, so I don't know if she's a different character or, <laughs> or just like maybe just don't mention it. Uh, wow. It's only it's only a minor role um, that she's in in the sequel. But yeah, there is a moment in the sequel. I didn't want to bring this up actually because Resident Evil. I can't remember which Resident Evil movie, but they kind of I don't know if they stole this, but it's very similar. A character in House of the Dead 2 gets like bitten by a mosquito who's obviously been feeding upon zombie mm. blood and then gets um, infected himself. And they did that in a Resident Evil movie. I can't remember exactly which one. Yeah, um, me either. That's interesting. Yeah. It, well, have we talked about your opinion on Resident Evil films? Are you? Uh, I, I, hmm. They're <laughs> the. Resident Evil is something that um, I have a lot of love for. Um, I think the first live action movie isn't bad. I yep, think it's true. pretty okay. I think it's even good if you disconnect it from Resident Evil. I wish it didn't spend as much time with Mila Jovovich's character mm-hmm. and stayed instead with the people we're actually familiar with. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's a fun, kind of cheesy, kind of campy, but like pretty straight laced, you know, early two thousands, mid two thousands horror movie, and I vibe with that. Um, I think the series degrades and degrades and degrades and degrades and degrades. Um, but I think there's like moments of charm within them. I think it's this. Is it the second one where like? It's kind like of a good Batman Resident City Evil one, movie yeah. until Mila Djokovic's character just like smashes through a window on a motorbike. On a like, motorbike, yeah. Was that the second one, was it? That's the second one. Apocalypse, yeah, see, like yeah. up till that point, like when we're with the characters from the game and that, I'm like, this is this is pretty yeah. all right. We've got Jill Valentine. Like, oh yeah, no, it's 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 her. It's it's all about it, her. It's um, just upset it's obsessed with that character, isn't it? And essentially yeah. like making her a superhuman like Neo type. Um, which yeah, just unfortunately, yeah. even though the se- even though the series has included things like that, um, in it's rare that it includes it with a uh, protagonist. And I think when yeah, once you I mean Wesker, with... Wesker definitely devolves into that. Um, and uh, Leon Kennedy not, pulls some like car- weird, like flippy stuff out yeah, with the lasers. That's all right. He's still a yeah. guy. Yeah, he's, still, he's an ex police officer become become like Secret Service guy. But I think as soon as you include a, a protagonist who is superhuman, mm. it kind of just takes away all. It's not a survival horror anything no. anymore. No, no, it's no. just it is it is just an action film. And yeah, they did evolve. Yeah. Some some sort of familiarity with this House of the Dead and the Resident Evil series because you know a lot of people might say oh, House of the Dead is absolute cack and Resident Evil is much better. Some of the editing similar, um, mm. especially like the the really especially in the final chapter of Resident Evil, the editing is like so, so scattergun. And yeah. Just 
I can't work well, out who's fighting who. And yeah, know. I mean, there's there's a lot of like horror films from like the kind of two thousands with these the weird frenetic editing choices. I mean, even like you know things that we now consider kind of because of the legacy Stone Cold classics, like the first Saw film is edited so <laughs> yeah so crazily. Like it is, it is frantic and weird and some of its choices are really funny like um there's a scene where uh donald glover's like car like wipes <laughs> his head off the screen with a transition yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah i know exactly what you mean it's wicked yeah. it's wicked but it's goofy <laughs> so yeah like it's it's not it's not unique i think house of the dead takes it a step further and it really really oh really yeah. really brings out the cack factor but the <laughs> So even like some like saw, you know, like this was not it was not a unique quality to House of the Dead to have like janky, weird, over the top editing in a yeah, sort of horror not, movie from the period. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. The Resident Evil franchise, I think the first the first film, um, on its own, separated from Resident Evil as a franchise and even separated from the other films, is 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 okay. I think relying too heavily on yes that character, but also like the the amnesia element kind of was mm. a bit was a bit naff, uh, um, but still some pretty good some pretty good stylistic choices. But yeah, after a while, just just downhill, unfortunately. And I know I don't know like the series it isn't hasn't got has got some like black marks on its history, of course. Oh yeah, um, yeah, totally. Ma- main mainline mainline games, but also like some of the some of the other games as well. But still. Um, there's no excuse for some of the some of the shit decisions that oh, no. went with. My and... biggest my biggest pet peeve with that franchise, um, especially in the last <laughs> the final chapter, is when a character has got like um some sort of prediction technology where he can predict what next your next fight move's gonna be. <laughs> uh, you can't fight me, it's impossible because I know exactly what your next move is. I'm like, come it's on. Probably like anime in it i mean that is anime yeah we'll 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 allow anime to have that but resident (laughs) evil no no um this film doesn't go as far as that um but yeah it's still it's still kind of ridiculous obviously just just talking about kirk kirk's the one who kind of tells the backstory of the of the island and yeah when you mentioned he what happens to make him go outside is is he goes outside to see it's weird whistling he's like whistling isn't yeah yeah he gets he has the um like a sea shanty yeah yeah yeah. and he's like oh let's go outside and then but then like he goes outside and it's a zombie and he's not whistling so i don't know if it was like some kind of (laughs) weird siren song kind of like it's it never really articulated i like it when zombie movies kind of suggest that certain that when you die you've still got an element of your humanity mm. so maybe use an element of that humanity in order to lure other people into into that i kind of find that kind of spooky but obviously this is done in the most the way the way i interpreted it and i am being generous i don't know if this was the intention but the way i interpreted it is um the captain kirk was also, we haven't even addressed the fact that he's called Captain Kirk, which is like one of the <laughs> movie's the, jokes. It's like, the, oh yeah, yeah. the sea captain's called Captain Kirk, and like, I'm, okay. What someone said, someone mentions it to him, and he says, "I don't like Star Trek jokes." It's just like, all right, weird. You kind of, you kind of got to get used that. to it. You're gonna get Star yeah, Trek jokes if your name's Captain um, Kirk, buddy. But yeah, so uh, so I interpreted it as he's got bitten. And he's turning and like, kind of like okay. as he's 
turning. It's it's like he's he's mm. almost like hearing like the other side, and you know his first mate's like, uh, I've got you. and it's, got it you. sort of becomes like kind of surreal, like. Like imagine like it's a kind of like if you're dying, you're sort of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I I sort of thought they were going for that. And so he was kind of in like a bit of a dreamlike state and thinking about his friend and mm. just sort of pulled them towards the door, pulled them towards that connection on like I'm, a spiritual I'm nodding, level. I'm nodding like I understand. But yeah. That's it's a good take on it, but still it's pretty it's, it's pure speculation. I don't think the intention, <laughs> but uh you know, what, bit... what can you do? It, it doesn't really explain itself, and nor do, nor do I feel it has to, to be fair to no. it. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, obviously, as we mentioned, Captain Cook blows up the zombies with his um, stick of dynamite. Uh, it just blows the door off the house where everyone else is ha- held up, so that's not very good. They end up, like, underground in some tunnels, don't they? Um, yes. And then a man appears who looks like Greg. With a sword, <laughs> with, with a sword, and he's dressed like a look conquistador from the from fifteenth century Spain. Uh, not those wrestlers. That's not the ones I meant. Hey, uh, <laughs> he's not all in gold from head to toe. <laughs> but, but um, leads them away to safety. Uh, but almost immediately, when it is revealed that it's Castillo Sermano alive and well after all these years, wearing Greg's face as a mask. Like a perfect impressive, mask as well. Impressively, impressively handled. Like he has a fantastic seamstress on that island to this... craft out of a, a corpse this absolutely flawless Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like a Mission Impossible thing, or like a like a face-off scenario going on, hairline change and everything. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, so then it's revealed that it's not Greg at all. It's Castillo Sermano. Um, and then he gets his his sort of like Spanish, ancient Spanish zombies to restrain. Uh, so it's Alicia and Rudy in this stage. These are the two the two um, characters surviving. Um, and he's going to use their flesh. And it says here for his own purposes, but I guess just to build extra bits of his body so he can continue living this pathetic life underground on this island. Just because I'll mean, oh, just live forever, isn't it? I guess forever. that's the goal. I guess that's the, the idea. Doesn't seem yeah. appealing to me. It it doesn't seem appealing. It seems terrible. If anything, if a rave turned up, I'd rather than wanting to kill everybody, I'd be like, you know what, actually. Some entertainment. Gonna... Let's oh, have some a rave. entertainment, finally. I mean, the music's a bit crazy in, in comparison to what I'm used to, uh, but it's fine. Well, let's, let's get involved. Let's go to the, the rave under the Sega banner, because I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure massive Japanese corporations are very keen to sponsor illegal raves yeah, <laughs> in like abandoned islands. Like I'm sure that's where they get a lot of their customer base. We're on our way. Have you uh have you packed the Sega banner? Uh, <laughs> well, actually, actually I didn't. But uh, get the Sega banner packed. We're taking that. Uh, we got to make sure everyone thinks we've got official sponsors at least at the very at the very least. Um, so how do they escape Castillo? They end up like escaping his clutches. There's an explosion of some kind. Explosion. Uh, yeah, um, that's right. And he just and then obviously because Castillo is immortal, he just sort of walks out the explosion, and yeah. then we'll get real goofy and we'll have this kind of Frankenstein zombie just pulling out a sword fight, which again suddenly were um our protagonists again, are elite incredibly capable sword fighters yep uh, we, go. we have a sword get... fight um Alicia i think rudy ends up Ru- rudy ends up gets is, is yeah. he still there yeah she gets think... stabbed rudy ends up on the floor gets ko doesn't he yeah yeah um 
and she she manages to get up though. She's been stabbed, but then she like manages to get up and like stamp on his head or something. Finally, yeah. So him. so she gets stabbed, and she drops, and it's like she's stabbed in like a very specific way where it's like you've got to yeah. look at her boobs. Like that's that's <laughs> yeah like the, yeah yeah yeah. It's like so like gratuitous it's like we're gonna stab right me, where are you stabbed cleave. again can i just have a look yeah and then so they got the camera shot yep. right on her boobs um um so she drops um and i think like the villain's doing like a big like haha i got you now and then rudy just kind of comes up behind him and chops off his head oh yeah chops um, off his head in one in one <laughs> fell swoop and then oh. and then because he's immortal the body just starts fighting yeah, yeah, yeah. but you can kind of like see yeah. you can see somebody just like with their shoulders yeah. up and then, and then uh alicia i keep calling that alicia but i'm not sure if it is alicia but i think it's alicia. i think it is alicia, alicia yeah. uh manages to get up she's not quite dead yet and just stomps yeah. on the decapitated head, which apparently kills him. Yeah. So not that immortal, really. There's a link. Not that immortal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's the point in looking like that to be? Im- you can you can just be. You can still be stabbed. You can still be decapitated. You can still be burnt to death. But if you what's get the point? if you get a if you get a kick in the head, that's too much. That that's 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 your kryptonite. Like it doesn't matter if you're head, beheaded, mate. but like if you get a little bit of a stomp, oof, that's the end Ooh. of you, buddy. You know, what's there the logic in that? He literally survived. He literally walks out of a grenade explosion, but just stands on his head a bit, and suddenly he's dead. Like how the whole gimmick she with his is he's immortal. That's his entire shtick. Got it. I'd be absolutely. I, I'd want a refund on the immorta- immortality I'd serum. Be, you'd be devastated. You'd be, you'd be fuming, wouldn't you? Like what? Um, what imagine the like. <laughs> Imagine it's like I just don't understand. Like, what? Because where's the line? Like, what? Like, why does that kill him and other things don't? Is the like mm. to me that implies like other things could maybe like be a thing that kills him and they just he just didn't know about it. Like maybe yeah. yeah, like he can survive being like swallowing a grenade and it exploding in his body. But if he stubs his little toe, KO'd. Like that's the end. Like what? Where, where's the line? I don't understand it. If he gets real bad, a real bad bout of food poisoning, that's it. <laughs> It's over, but it's like, over for him. I can I can be impaled by a sword, but I can't survive a tummy ache, lads. <laughs> yeah, and then this this moment at the end where these agents turn up, team of agents, and when they ask for Rudy's name, this is obviously supposed to be a big like, oh my god moment. And he says, "Oh, my name's Rudolph Curian." Um, implying who is the this, villain? Yes, who is, is the villain? The villain of, in the future games of the game. So this is implying that this film is a prequel to the House of, House of the Dead arcade game. And it, again, this kind of reminded me of Resident Evil in a way, when the, all the agents turn up and obviously they take that character who eventually becomes Nemesis in Resident Evil Apocalypse. Um, the game, uh, the films, obviously, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, where it's got one eye on a sequel. Um, we did get a sequel, which unfortunately. Or fortunately, didn't seem related to this really in any way. There's just like a zombie outbreak at a university, um, and there's some very very silly characters. Um, but I think overall it probably is a bit more entertaining. But yeah, but basically the ending narration reveals that Rudy gave Alicia the immortality serum. I like how it's a narration and not like a scene. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, you know Alicia, she, she gave, they gave her the serum and she's all right unless. Someone stands on her head. Yeah, yeah, that's the trick. That's the trick. And then I and wish then they'd rev- I wish they'd revealed that information, like not mm-hmm. through narration, like, but an equally like I feel like if the if you're gonna go for like a cheap reveal, 
of just like, oh, and also this happened. I wish they jumped in the air and it had freeze framed and then the text came up saying, <laughs> Alicia has the immortality serum, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> then credits yeah, yeah. roll. Don't She's you forget fine. about me, please. Be great. Yeah. So the ca- there is like a sort of sequence that flashes back to Alicia in the sequel, but I'm pretty sure it's a different actress where they just uh, go. I believe I did read, so I haven't seen the sequel, so I don't know, but I believe I did read that only one actor returns and it's not her. It's got to be the um the I think the it's Rudy. Guard lady. No, I think it's Rudy. Person. Is it Rudy? Where is he? I think he's the only one that returns. Um okay. let I mean, let me quickly check. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, have a little look. I, uh, I but it's de- I'm pretty sure it's not Alicia because it's a different actress and it's like them questioning her yeah. saying, "Are you still alive then after you've been stabbed between your tits?" And she's gone, "Listen, don't ask, don't tell." Immortality serum. Yeah. Um yeah, okay. So that it that's the end. That's Only the end of Cornell returns. So I believe that is. Yeah, I think it is the. Yeah, it's the Coast Guard. It's the Coast Guard. Yeah. But again, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a different character because she's supposed to be like um, that. They're sort of given their um, directions to this troop of of soldiers, and she's kind of like one of the superiors. So maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe it's like in the third film. Maybe in the third <laughs> film that got cancelled, they were going to reveal that actually she got the immortality serum too, oh, and yeah. there was going to be like a big reveal where she like I don't know like you got like took off her pants and it was revealed that she'd stolen someone's legs because obviously so, in the first film she's got knee legs. She's got knee legs, <laughs> and in this one she's got uh, just some someone else's legs. She's got that. Yeah, must have. She's. She's got the Spanish, the Spanish Catholic priest zombie man. She got his legs. Um, so there was a third movie, but it got cancelled, right? What's this? Uh, I believe so. There's something called Dead and Deader, which was formerly known as House of the Dead Free, a 2006 American made-for-television zombie comedy horror film, starring in the lead role Dean Cain, Superman himself, who I think may be some something of a nutter these days. <laughs> um, that's probably a bit unfounded, but yeah, dead and deader looks kind of bad. Uh, there we go then. So that's House of the Dead. Um, we've had some positive. No, we've had some negative things to say about it. <laughs> things. It's not bit. There've been some great talking points though. You know. Um, how would you rate House of the Dead on the A to F scale? Pluses and minuses are allowed. Um, would you like to? Would you like to go first? Well, that's a tricky one. I'm gonna have to great grade it like three times almost so i think like oh wow first the first like 40 minutes it's like an f minus and then when it goes nuts and you know you're getting frankenstein zombie sword fights and yep 15 minute long action sequences that play in reverse and feet everybody just kung fu and there's dudes with swords and stuff 10 on 10 total a plus so I guess it averages out. To wow, like, that's a uh, jarring. Sort of... <laughs> yeah, I guess it averages out to like a D minus. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to get higher than that. Um, yeah, I think so. Like, it's not the thing is, it's not totally unwatchable or like completely baffling or like infuriating. Where I feel like something like Alone in the Dark is all of those things. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like all of the dialogue choices, the all of the performances. The visual effects, the music, everything in Alone in the Dark is like infuriating. Like when yeah. you're just like angry and you want to go, this is an F minus. This film like isn't totally unwatchable. Sure, it's like uh pretty pretty naff in almost every way. However, that scene 
for the sheer audacious, ridiculous nature of it and how over the top it is and it's very silly and splicing the, the sequences from the game into it, which is an absolutely mad choice. <laughs> it makes no it makes absolutely no sense narratively. But um so yeah, D minus whatever I don't say a D seems really generous. Yeah. Maybe I'll treat you, isn't it? D- Maybe I'll, I'll join you on a D minus because it's one of those films where I'm like, I've seen this film before as well. I'm, I'm assuming you'd seen it before this. Yeah, yeah, I watched it again to remind myself, um, yeah. and forgot just how like bafflingly terrible it was at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's I I think <laughs> I think I think I think D minus is probably a good shout because i think i enjoyed it more the second time round because i went in like i knew it was going to be bad the first time like i'd heard about its reputation but like i couldn't yeah. have anticipated it and then yeah. when it got picked for the, for this podcast <laughs> i agreed to it i then immediately was like why the fuck did i agree to that i gotta watch it again <laughs> and yeah. i was like putting it off and putting it off and putting it off until the last minute. And then when I watched it, I was like, ah, it's not as bad as I remember. So yeah. D minus is probably yeah. right because I really thought I was getting into an F minus. Yeah. I'm not throwing out the lowest score possible because I don't think that's fair, but at the same time, uh, not a good time. And if you're going to watch, uh, if you're going to watch a video game adaptation, horror movie, what would you recommend then? Dan? Ooh, I mean, it's probably it's gotta be the last of us, right? Like it's oh not a movie though. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh god, that's so hard, isn't it? Um Silent Hills okay. It's got a lot it's not it's not like amazing. Silent Hill Revel is it Revelation the sequel is not yeah, good. Yeah. But we're getting the third one. Um Yeah, of course. Return to Silent Hill. Five Nights at Freddy's? Oh, like, I don't know about that. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, don't, so I never really played pickings. the game, so it's such slim pickings. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a great film by any means. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you know? I'm sure there's one good one um, that I'm like missing. Hang on, I, I don't want to I... say Silent Hill because it's probably, even though it is probably the best one, um, it annoys me on a on a level of of somebody who really, really, really adores Silent Hill. Like, I, I think Silent Hill 2 is the most perfect thing to ever be created. Like, I think it's the mm. greatest piece of art of all time, no hyperbole. Um, just, just, I'm, I'm too biased against that film. Like, just the fact that Pyramid Head, or rather Red Pyramid thing, if you want to get technical, because I don't want to get called out for using these incorrect yeah. social name. Um, I think even the fact that he is in that film like annoys me to no ends because he's supposed to be a manifestation of James's yeah. um, issues. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, oh, um, Resident Evil, one of the CG movies, uh, okay. the most recent okay. one, the most recent CG movie in Death Bad. Island. Death Island. Yeah, it's it's. It's got all the characters in it. They're all together. They do they do um, some goofy stuff. It's fun and there's action-y and it's nicely animated. And I kind of remember which it wasn't that it, I think it was the one before that has the really hilarious gunfight where the two characters yeah. are like in, 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 a, in a corridor. 
Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that off? one. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I know, know exactly what you mean. It's like they're a like bad guy feet, versus. Yeah, they're like two feet away from each other and they keep shooting Gun each other. Yeah, that one's fun. Yeah, so yeah. I, guess, I guess the Resident Evil CG movies, I'm just going to cop out and just say those yeah. ones, just generally that pointing is, their direction. That is, a, that is a cop out. We'll let you have it. A Dead Space movie directed by John Carpenter. How would you feel about that? Oh my God, I want it so bad. He really, really wants to make it. Um, he really <laughs> sure wants does. to make it. He's mentioned it a m- bunch of times. Um, yeah, I would. That 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 would be incredible. That'd be great. Um, like I, th- I think Dead Space more than most uh, lends itself to a film adaptation um, yeah. because it isn't as bogged down in like the gamey elements. Like I'm not sure how you represent like Resident Evil's puzzles within um like a film for example i don't think you have to i think you can change things when you do adaptations um and silent hill is too big in scope and ideas um but yeah i think i think dead space is like that perfect ground of like right very cinematic but also i feel like a lot of elements you could there's probably a bit of freedom with whereas i think with resident evil and silent hill fans of the games maybe would be a bit upset with certain stylistic choices whereas i think dead space you can probably you kind of know what you're getting really isn't it um yeah a silent protagonist wouldn't necessarily work Um, i will say i do think and hope that we are going to get our first truly 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 excellent um horror game adaptation i think and i'm really hoping i'm right on this i think ian lung is going to be fantastic okay Interesting. I'll, uh, is that this year? Yes, should be. Yes. Okay. Don't think it's officially announced exactly when or where, but I, I feel like it'll be this year. Brilliant. And that isn't me leaking anything, by the way, just because I know I mentioned that I was speaking that yeah, James yeah, yeah, yeah. in Terabyte. <laughs> so I've, I've spoken to him no about leak. the film. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, I, I don't I don't have any insider information, but I do think it'll probably be this year just by logic yeah. of working out when trailers came out last yeah, year yeah, i'm thinking it probably is going to be this year but i think i think it'll be great i think it'll be awesome. great i think it's i think it's a very good one to adapt very good mm. one to adapt uh brilliant so that was house of the dead dan where can our users keep up to date with you online i guess keep up to date with terabytes as well yeah uh so terabyte doc uh, that's spelt not terabytes as in the PC unit, although that's a, well, not the unit of measurement of data, but would definitely, it's a pun on that. So T-E-R-R-O-R-B-Y-T-E-S, terabytes. We are terabyte doc on all social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and if you go to terabytesdoc.com, at the moment, it'll take you to our landing page with our trailer and synopsis and survey. But from the 8th of February, that is going to take you to the pre-sales. So you can grab your copy, Amazing. Um, get your name in the credits, get a bunch of cool merch, um, and partake in a bunch of special things that we'll be revealing when the time comes. Um, so yeah, that'll be live from the 8th of February. If you follow the socials, it'll be announced when it goes live. And uh, yeah, it'll run till March 3rd the first pre-sales campaign you have till March 3rd to get your order in and get your name in the credits as well as a bunch of exclusive stuff. Um, As for me, um, uh, you can follow me 
I am Dan Drambles on pretty much everything. Dan underscore Drambles. If I'm not Dan Drambles somewhere, then I'm Dan underscore Drambles. And uh, my biggest probably output is my YouTube channel, uh, which is not associated with Creative VC. It's just a side project hobby thing I do. Uh, And that is just Dan Drambles on YouTube. Um, And as this is a horror podcast, I'd plug my series Wholesome Halloween, which is a 31-day yeah. video marathon, a video essay marathon that I do every October, just done the last one ever, um, and released the 100th episode of that. And yeah, that's well worth checking out. It is literally, you know, tens of hours of content for you to look through there. Get to learn about some horror movies you already love. Get to become familiar with things you've never heard of. It's a great time. I look at horror movies and stories and books and Crazy. stuff from all over the world and uh, go real in depth on them. Some of those videos are like an hour long. Some of them are 10 minutes. It's wow. the whole diverse range of topics. And uh, I put a lot of effort into it. So please check that out. It's very good. And it's a bit of a passion project for us. Amazing. Um, of course, I'll put all the links to everything we've just mentioned in the show notes as well. And uh, yeah, we'll be sharing updates from terabytes and also uh, what was the thing project? Was it officially the called? The thing expanded. So it's carrying expanded, on our correct. theming from aliens expanded, which is due to release very oh, soon. Yeah, of course. Oh man, I can't keep up. So many, awesome, yep. so many awesome projects. Uh, brilliant. Well, thanks Dan. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout and thanks to all of our patrons there thanks to taj easton for our theme music thanks to Acast for host uh, for hosting the show uh we're on twitter instagram facebook tiktok youtube and discord just search horror hangout podcast you'll find us next week we'll be starting our february lineup on the show uh some of the films we'll be covering include the movie gothic valentine the 2001 slasher the strangers and frankenhooker we've got loads of guests lined up so look forward to that um we will be announcing the lineup and what weeks attributed to each of those films will be uh but yeah thanks everybody for listening and thanks again dan for joining us it's been a pleasure it has been a pleasure uh and one more thing remember don't come no don't come (laughs) see you later Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.